and seen. And now it's time to catch up with the celebrated novelist and amateur sleuth Charles Cooper, who bumps into some familiar faces on Kensington High Road in our series, The Reluctant Detective. And you may recognise the familiar tones of the celebrated milliner, Abe McKenzie, MBE, who guest stars in this episode. Why, I think it looks quite magnificent, Abe. I've never had a sombrero made for me that fits quite so well. Well, I, I think you'll find it should fit like a glove, Mr. Cooper. Just just one problem. I'm a tad worried about this chin strap. It seems it's adjustable. Is it adjustable? Well, well it is, but of course if it's not 100% perfect, I'll have to burn it and create you a new one. Do feel some slight chafing round the chin. Well, I can't have that. Sebastian, get the matches. Sir, I, I will have this one burnt and a new one prepared for you before you fly out. Well, I fly out in but two days to Cancun. If you come here tomorrow morning, you'll find your new sombrero ready for you, my friend. Well, that's delightful and I expected nothing else of you, Abe. You really are quite the champion milliner. Yeah, that's very kind, Charles. Very kind. Well then, Abe, I'll be back tomorrow. I look forward to seeing you then. Goodbye, Charles. Goodbye, Abe. Goodbye, Sebastian. He's out the back. He can't hear you. Is that... Is that Monsieur Cooper? Monsieur Charles Cooper? Why, Pierre from the St. Moritz Hotel I recently stayed at. Uh, how incredible to see you on Kensington High Street. I know this is... It, it must be sent from God, monsieur. I, I am... A tragedy has occurred. Well, I mean... Yeah, a, a, an element of chance, perhaps, bumping into you, but I wouldn't call it a tragedy. Now, I must be on my way. I've... No, no, sir, the tragedy is not bumping into you. This is the blessing. I am in London visiting with my brother and my mother. But my mother, she has been killed. Oh, that is quite frightful. I I can't stay long, though. Unfortunately, UK Gold are doing a, a whole day of Little and Large, and I, I do wish to get home because I haven't set the video recorder. Uh, well, monsieur, as important as that sounds, please, I, I beg of your help. My mother, she has been murdered. She stood over there. You can see my brother. He's wearing a very finely cut blue suit, and he stood above the dead woman. Oh dear, that, that's, that's quite a tableau you're painting there for me. That is frightful. Have you thought about calling the police at all? They, they're quite well equipped to deal with these matters. I was looking for a phone when I bumped into you. This well, must be a chance sent from God himself. Michel Cooper, please investigate this, this hateful crime. Yes, there is something that occurs to me now, having, having bumped into you. Um... When I stayed with you recently, I did have the most delectable male wash bag that, unfortunately, when I arrived back in Old Blighty, wasn't with me. I don't think, perchance, maybe you might have found it in my chambers? Sir, of course, it was monogrammed. The manager, he keeps it in his safe in his office. It'll be waiting for you the next time you holiday with us in San Moritz. But right now, that seems less important than the fact my mother is dead on the streets. 
that is a terrible situation as, as I say I, I, I have very little time before my bus comes I can see three minutes uh, apparently so uh, not really enough time to get involved in a crime today unfortunately and I've just been for a, a fitting of a sombrero that uh, went a little bit awry I, I have to be on my way Pierre Charles I'm sure you look most dashing in your sombrero but please I beg of you please help me solve this this terrible crime it happened right here on the streets of London Yes, I, two minutes now until the number 12 comes, and, um, very well. Um, are you aware how your mother met her untimely end? Well, I think she has been, uh, how you say, uh, strangled, garroted, monsieur. Garroted, I believe, that's a French word, yes. Um, yes, she does, she does look like she has been, rather taken by surprise there, hasn't she? And, um... I can't help but notice your your brother's outfit would have been complimented by a lovely cravat by the looks of it. Yeah, he has a cravat with his... Oh, we should, that is most odd. He had a cravat on this morning when he left the house. And yet no cravat now, Pierre. No, I, I can't imagine what could have happened to it. Your brother and your mother, were they uh, perhaps at uh, odds with each other at all? Oh, monsieur, they have been fighting like the cats and the dogs. Oh. They have been going at each other just almost non-stop. Last night it got very violent. That does it. One minute now to my bus. Well, that does sound... Um, I I would imagine maybe, perhaps, your, your brother may have killed your mother. I, I, I can't believe that he would have done such a thing. Although last night, during the argument, he actually screamed, If you carry on like this, you hateful bitch, I will kill you myself. I will strangle you with this cravat. Crikey, well, that, that does seem to have put a top on it, doesn't it? Now, here's my bus. It's been so lovely to see you, and it's such good news about the wash bag. I do hope to see you in due course, and um, I hope everything goes okay with the authorities in this country. Oh, my God, Charles, thank you so much for your help. Although my life, it is falling apart, but I thank you for your help, most most assuredly, monsieur. That's not a problem. I have a date with Monsieur Large and Monsieur Little. I'll be on my way. A bientôt. And seen in there. Good evening. Uh, you join us tonight as I have the pleasure of interviewing the legendary film star Dick Shaftesbury. Good evening, Dick. Yeah, good evening to you, Brian. Now, Dick, let's let's go back to the very start of your career. Remind listeners at home, what was your first role? Well, I, I think the role that people would remember me for, and indeed the first one that I got a, an on-screen credit for, was I had a very small part in The Gay Dog. The Gay Dog. I mean, I think we'll all remember that 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 classic film. Well, blinking, you would have missed me, but it was uh, it was a, a small part, but I, I had a prominent part, and it certainly caught the eye of many an agent. And and that led you, you say being noticed by the agents that led you to being uh, getting an audition, which was successful for your next big picture. Which remind the audience was was going gay? Was that right? Yes, it was. It was going gay. No, no relation at all to the gay dog. Uh, the, the word gay had quite a different connotation back then. The thing that was um, troublesome was, unfortunately, I, I appeared under my 
my my birth name in the gay dog and even right. though people had recognized me as a as a stunning juvenile who perhaps had quite a lot of potential i had to change my name uh, my birth name to actually to actually appear in the in the next film because unfortunately at the time this the surname mussolini had quite a negative connotation to it yes of course i can i can imagine so that's when of course you you took your, your stage name of Shaftesbury. That's when I became Dick Shaftesbury. Yes, yes, of course. A, a name now familiar around the world. Yes, I mean, people. a lot of people will remember Dick Shaftesbury from Going Gay. And, and just once again, what, your role in Going Gay, what, what, what was the, the, the role you played? I was that keen newspaper reporter who always had an ear out for, the, uh, for an exciting story. Um, I remember the most famous scene. I was in a male convenience and I was waiting for the next big splash. I had my ear to the door and I was waiting. I was listening in. And um, yes, I, I, had, I was quite a cheeky chap in that film. And uh, it, 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 it put me in quite good stead. I became quite popular. Yeah, I mean, a legendary performance. It's, you know, going gay, one of my favourites. And and I think that led quite quickly into your next role. Your next, your next big film was... Well, Hollywood beckoned. And what was popular at the time, you had Hopalong Cassidy yes, and other such stars, Roy Rogers. And so they thought they'd put me in the black saddle. And I spent a lot of time in, uh, on, on the black saddle. And indeed, um, I became quite famous in, in Hollywood through that appearance. Yes, I mean, it was, it was a big film at the time. Um, it was a fantastic film. And the most, the most incredible thing for me is there was so much dick on screen. I mean, honestly, I, I couldn't have wished for a better uh, premiere appearance in Hollywood. And I remember I was talking to a dear friend and they were saying they went to see that film and they were just amazed by how much dick there was. There was dick, dick, dick on screen. And, you know, as a, as a young actor coming up, one couldn't hope for more. But people came away from that picture thinking, by golly, that dick. As I think we did back back in the UK as well, of course, a worldwide smash, uh, Black Saddle, really. I think that's when, you know, you really became the global icon, um, Dick Shaftesbury, that we all know so well now. And of course, it was, it was after that film you came back, back to the UK. England called. And it was time to come back, and I made a fantastic film with Eon Pictures, and I think you remember it's called Backdoor Bertie. Backdoor Bertie, of course, and everyone will remember the the theme, the theme song, which I've yes. always asked. To yes, sing. I was going to say, do you do you mind? First time I did a musical, and I haven't got the most fantastic vocal range. Well, I, I I think many would disagree with you, myself included. But people will remember it. I no, I don't want the band to strike up. I'll just do it uh, a cappella. A cappella, exactly, a cappella. Uh, acapella maybe um, correct anyway it goes I'm back door Bertie I'm back door Bertie here to help all my chums I never grumble I never fumble I'm not some amateur bum I do it twice nightly and never not nicely. You will hear them all cry. He's back door Bertie. He's sometimes flirty. He's such a swell guy. I mean, of the, of the time, it was quite racy. Yeah, of course. And, and for listeners who've just joined us, uh, you just had the heard the dulcet tones of, of back door Bertie coming in your ears, and. 
I'm here, of course, with Dick Shaftesbury, legendary film actor. Hello again, Brian. So, 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 Dick, after Backdoor Bertie, I believe you went back to Hollywood again um, for your next uh, big picture in Come Blow My Horn. I think Come Blow My, my Horn was my, my finest hour. Again, I, I have to be thankful to the director because I met with him earlier and he said, I want as much dick on screen as possible. And by golly, I think if you watch that film, um, it's a perfect encapsulation of how I looked at the time. And I, I must I must say, I was fairly beautiful for a young man. I was fairly beautiful. The story, though, the story was absolutely heart-wrenching. I was the crippled bugle boy who used to blow all the horns and keep the complete cavalry happy, a complete infantry division. And there I was, blowing horns left right and center i mean giving my all and the final the final scene when i i was completely blown out i'd i'd done as much as a little bugle boy could do back in the day and they they had me on screen and you could see a lump in my throat you could see the emotion i was spent it was done legendary film actor Dick Shaftesbury thank you so much for joining us this evening it's been a real pleasure Brian thank you and scene yeah uh, guys guys can I get everyone's attention please just for guys everyone right thank you now I know we're all having a great laugh uh, we've all had a few drinks you know the, the, the we're all having a great time but before we get any further I do just have to say one thing. Please, please, guys, at the back, please pay attention. This is really important, okay? I just, I really have to address the elephant in the room here, okay? I am not B.A. Baracus, all right? Now, I know there's some, some people that think I am, and I, I just need to get this out of the way now. I know some people think I have a bad attitude, in inverted commas, but, but come on. I'm just self-confident, okay? Yeah, I, I wear I, I wear my hair in a mohawk, which might not be as popular as it once was, but that's an individual choice, okay? In my spare time, it's true. I'm part of a four-man mercenary team, and yes, we drive around in my black GMC Vandura, which has a red stripe down the side, but I know of at least one more of those in the UK, okay? Let's not draw conclusions from that. It's just crazy. You gonna get on that plane? No, no, I'm not getting on a plane. I'm, I have a fear of flying, okay? Lots of people do. Honestly, that's such a foolish attitude. I actually pity you. I pity the fool who would think there's any connection between me and B.A. Baracus because, because I don't want to get on no plane, okay? Look, I know lots of people who are scared of flying. I may wear a lot of jewelry, okay? You know, it's, it's a style choice with the vest, with the hair, but it has nothing to do with a certain television show that was of its time. All right? And yes, my best friend is known as the Face Man, but that's only because that guy is seriously good looking, okay? So just please, grow up. NC! Billy. 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 All right, your dad's here. All right, come over here, come over here. Look at you on Christmas. Look at you in your little outfit. 
you got a paper hat on your head how have they done that? oh they've got two hats together what well, nanny did that did she she's done that with some sellotape hasn't she that's good oh billy big bont's got a hat on his head <laughs> you're gonna grow into your head we keep telling you we keep telling you yeah it's christmas isn't it mate everyone has a drink at christmas oh it's early auntie auntie magda i've told you that before she's gone back she's gone back to croatia mate no more auntie magda <sighs> don't worry your dad's not on his own though i've, I've got you auntie shashka one auntie shashka one native american i'll tell you what i thought the eastern europeans were you know something to keep you amused in the old bedroom department billy but my god the native americans oh they can teach they can teach most other nationalities a thing or two they love a gamble as well no protection <laughs> completely raw don't have to put a hat on like your little christmas hat yeah it feels different it feels good yeah 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 oh do you know what she calls me she calls me daddy bighorn <laughs> don't worry about what it means it doesn't, it doesn't matter but I tell you what I, I come like a buffalo i know that much <laughs> come like a buffalo yeah yeah i just wanted to see you on christmas morning before everyone else got up and ruined it your mother upstairs is she yeah with her brian great smelly old brian anyway shh, 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 shh. i'm gonna go now i'm gonna go no presents i'll bring you bring your presents next time mate bring your presents in the uh, for your birthday yeah i know in october yep yep i've got i've got to write it down all right all right see you bills bye-bye well welcome again to celebrity puddings with me your host nigel densbury and today i'm in the most uh, rich climbs of kensington high street and i'm in the shop of the famous world famous milliner uh, an expert in his craft the most magnificent abe mckenzie mbe abe how are you very well, thank you, Nigel. Very excited to be on this particular programme. I mean, your shop is its quite magnificent. I mean, I, I was expecting more hats on display, but there's just piles of ash. Is there, is there a reason for that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't do hats off the shelf, Nigel. I mean, every single hat is made for each person, so there's really nothing to show because I make each creation for the individual. So, so why, why the piles of ash around? Uh, well, if it once hat's been worn, or if it's not exactly a hundred percent perfect, I, I burn them. I just set fire to them. So, so really, this this whole shop and the um, the macabre sort of piles of ashes, it's it's testament to your professionalism. Absolutely, these are this. It, 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 I'm both a milliner and a hat crematorium. Well, that's that's not something you you have in most. Not where I come from. Not from not from up north. We don't have many of them. But I've never been north of Watford Gap, so I really couldn't say. Okay, Abe. Um, we're here today to talk about puddings and 
puddings that we've enjoyed puddings that we all had our favorite puddings growing up and this show as you know favorite puddings um tell us a little bit about your favorite pudding well, no, 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 let me take you back. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm of a different generation than yourself, and and I grew up uh, sort of in the war and, 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 and the, the, the period shortly afterwards, and there was rationing. You know, you, you'll be familiar with the concept of rationing. So, for people at home, that's where certain certain things you couldn't get because because of the war. The war was on. Be, be, because the war and the, the the shutdown of the supply line, so certain things that we think of as everyday now, like a banana or a tangerine, you wouldn't you wouldn't know. You oh, wouldn't know. You couldn't get bananas at all, Nigel. First time I saw a banana was 1958, and honest to goodness, I shit my pants. I didn't know what it was. But in rations, mother would go to the grocer with her little ration book, and you were only allowed a certain number of grams of butter, of sugar, etc. And there were no real eggs. People will find this very hard to believe these days, Nigel, but there were no real eggs. You could get a certain uh, a certain number of grams of, of, of powdered egg. I know, that's, that's incredible. I haven't read about that, and I've, se- I've seen recipes, but it's incredible to think, why were there no real eggs? I mean, chickens weren't Nazis, were they? So it's, it's Well, quite... no, I met one or two in my time, but no, as a whole, chickens are not Nazis. But but you have to remember, most, most of the men were off fighting in the war and all that sort of thing, and there were fewer people, and women were sent to the farms and whatnot, and, and to make the eggs that were here go further. Uh, they 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 pounded them because you know one one egg makes makes a far greater weight in powdered egg once it's dried etc and then and then and then and then more people can can enjoy the egg. So it was a question quite literally of an equal distribution of egg across the nation, and the best way to do that was by powdering it. So how did you how did you have the egg? Was it in grams? Was it in uh, how how did they or probably ounces back then? Yeah, it was certainly in, 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 in ounces. I mean, yeah, you know, it's obviously long before long before the the whole sort of you know European in, in, intervention of the metric system, and it was it was very much the imperial measurements. And yes, powdered egg went further. It lasted longer. It was dried etc um it, it was it was just a fact of life you know so 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 little butter very little sugar very little sugar and and powdered egg and that's what what one had to make uh, cakes and puddings from but it wasn't cakes that you had a particular affection for hence you're on this show yeah. it was a particular sort of pudding it, it that really you enjoyed was, yes. and and what was the pudding that your dear old mother used to make for you with these powdered eggs that you used to enjoy so much uh, well, well we just knew it as egg pudding I, 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 I guess looking back now it, it was just more of a sort of an egg custard tart type of, type of an affair so, I mean, uh, people nowadays would probably think of something like a, a creme brulee, which is uh, French in origin, but uh, very much a sort of set pudding. So it was it was made with egg, it was set, it was like a custard. Yes, yes, like, like a set sort of egg custard sort of sort Like of a set thing. custard, yes, okay. Yes. And that was, that was the treat, that was what you oh, used. That was that was such a treat. I mean, we, we couldn't have that even every week. I mean, if you're lucky, you might get every month or two even, because, you know, the butter and the sugar and the egg had to go much further. And you've you've actually invited me here today to have uh, to taste the the original recipe that your mother um, passed down to you, and she gave it to you. And you've you've got the piece of paper here, and it's on this yellowed bit of paper. Yes. Here it is. Very precise instructions. Yes. Yes. Mother was very particular. She's got a very lovely hand. I'll tell oh, you she, that. Mother did have a very lovely hand. Yes. And I can see that. And she's she's written down 
very precise measurements of all the ingredients um, and you'd look at it and you think oh it's not a lot of sugar but just enough just enough for a little bit of sweetness if you weren't used to sugar and you've had that made today by have you had a chef brought in who's who's made that no 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 my man sebastian uh he, he he's my apprentice milner and, and and other things and he's actually made uh, made that for us using this this very recipe you're holding in your hands but of course with real egg because you know one really can't even find powered egg anymore we've, we've used an actual honest to goodness egg that's incredible so sebastian not only an apprentice milliner which is a, a craft in itself as we know i mean i i i i i i i i i would say so i've been doing it all my life but a bit of an amateur chef yeah amateur very much being the operative word yes yes perhaps now we could we could taste his the the, the fruits of sebastian's labor <laughs> yes by always Se sebastian Se sebastian bring in the pudding so he's just coming, and you can hear his heavy footsteps. And he, he, so yeah, here he is. Let's lay this down here. Let me pass you the spoon, Nigel. Oh, there you go. Thank you very much. And please, please go go first. I'll have I'll have the first taste. So this is your original mother's recipe. Yes, it it, it bloody better be. <laughs> Sebastian. <as> per, <laughs> let's taste this. So this is what kept you going through the war and yes. uh, through rationing post the war. Yes, yes. And I must admit, for me, um, and I'm a chef, but it looks it looks quite pale. But I, I try it. And it looks. Is that how it would have looked? <laughs> I remember it being being more yellow than that. Sebast Sebastian. I, I, I remember it being. Let's more taste it though, because it might it just be a long the time ago. It was a long time you, ago. Exactly. The mind plays tricks. So let's have a little taste of this. Let's go. Oh, it's crying. Mmm. Mmm. Now that that is um i mean you, you the first thing you can taste is is the eggs i would say you it, it, i don't know if you want to try some you can taste the eggs that is unusual let me do you, do you mind if i have a quick little scoop here sebastian get you've over ate the pudding sebastian jesus christ get come in here come here i've ever said so much Nigel. i've never been more mortified so come here no, here, closer, closer, Sebastian. Right. What is this kind of abortion you put in front of Nigel? You've over-egged the pudding, Sebastian. Go on, taste it. Taste it. Take your hands off that spoon. Now fuck off, Sebastian. Fuck off. Nigel, I, 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 I am so sorry. I mean, I, I know people use this as a, it's a metaphor, but Sebastian has literally over-egged the pudding. Yes, it's a little bit eggy. I'll tell you that for now. It's a little... It's a fucking quiche, Nigel, is what it is. It's a, it's a fucking quiche. It's not a pudding. I, I'm sorry. I mean, this is, this is a savoury dish at best. I... 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 I can only apologise. Well, I, I think all I can do is, um, thank you, Abe, for, for your time today. And, and thanks, Sebastian, for, for his efforts. No, don't thank Sebastian for anything. The guy's a complete twat. But, but, I mean, it's been a pleasure <laughs> to be on the show now. I'm a big fan. Pleasure. Thank you. And scene.